Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of First Thessalonians. Today is episode 374, looking at First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 22. Let's read our passage. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you. Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. This is Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica. Paul traveled through Thessalonica with Silas and Timothy on the second missionary journey. They had a lot of opposition there, had to leave. Paul ended up down in Corinth, and Achaia had sent Timothy back to Thessalonica, and now Timothy has rejoined Paul, and this letter is following Timothy's report to Paul. The segment here, he's wrapping things up, and it seems like just a lot of random challenges. It's hard to draw too much conclusion. That's why we've got to be careful we don't. We could look at each one of these and say, that must be a problem in the church at Thessalonica. It may be, it may not be. It may just be that Paul's giving them a lot of generic things on how to live together. But many things do fall along the, the topic of life as the community of God's people. It's not just how you're living in the town. It's how you're living together as the body of Christ. And so the, Paul chose these specific things to address makes a lot of people think maybe there's a problem actually within the church of being the community of faith. And that uh, that's why Paul's chosen these particular points to bring up. Verse 12, he says, now we ask you brothers and sisters. Now this is not strongly worded. Now it's Paul. So when Paul asks you something, it's, you know, carries some weight, but he doesn't command them even though many of the verbs are in the imperative form, which is a command, but he, he, he asks, so he's being gentle with them. I ask you, brothers and sisters, he says, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and regard them very highly in love because of their work. He's speaking of the church leaders here, and he mentions three particular things. Those who labor among you, lead you in the Lord and admonish you. He's not talking about three groups of people, the group who labors, the group who leads, the group who admonishes. He's speaking about a specific group of people because just the, the way that grammatically works together, these are three participles followed by a single article. So it indicates the three participles all modify the single article. So it's a single group. I didn't name this group. He's probably referring to the elders. Early churches were modeled along the same lines as the synagogues were. That is, they were 
directed by a group of elders. And we know that Paul appointed elders in churches that he established. In his letter to Timothy, he talks a lot about the elders. On the first missionary journey in Acts 14, as Paul and Barnabas are leaving the area of Galatia, it says that they appointed elders in every church. So we know part of their pattern of planting churches was to appoint some people to be the leaders of the church, to be the elders. He doesn't specifically mention them as elders, but most people think that's probably who he's referring to here. And this isn't an exhaustive list of what the elders do, but they they work to, to make things run. They provide leadership to help people follow Christ and provide admonishment, that is, provide some correction to when people are coloring outside the lines. He says to give recognition to them and regard them very highly in love because of their work. He's basically saying here, pay attention to your elders and support them. It's when he's speaking more to, to a certain degree to authority, but it's more than just authority of an office. He says, regard them very highly in love. So very highly, that's kind of extra special degree of, of love because it's a relational aspect. It's not just a, an office holder and people who are the workers. It's, it's a relationship. Then he uh, adds, be at peace among yourselves. That's why some people think there might be problems, that there's some friction. And, and maybe one of their biggest challenges is actually being a community. Being this community gets along well together, works well together, grows well together. That there's there maybe some issues going on here. And that's why Paul specifically says, okay, you got leaders. I appointed elders when I was there. He doesn't say this, but the, the implication is that uh, when they were there, they appointed elders. Or perhaps Timothy appointed elders when he had gone back. And uh, part of Timothy's report is uh, people are butting heads with the elders and amongst each other. So there's this comment to be at peace among yourselves. In verse 14, he says, And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. So these are just some general admonitions that would work pretty much for any church anywhere. Was it a specific problem at the church in Thessalonica? Hard to say, but uh, the problem of idleness. And, and what does idle mean? It doesn't mean they're not busy all the time. It means they're not, they're not carrying their fair share of the weight of things. They're not contributing. And that was something we, we spoke of earlier is a, a Perhaps some people decided that they would slack off and live off of Christian charity and let others support them. And many of them may have been because they were expecting an imminent return of the Lord. And Paul's saying that, no, people have slacked off. Warn them. Provide some correction. Comfort the discouraged. Didn't give any indication of what they would be discouraged about, but there's all kinds of things for people to get discouraged about. Every church has got people who are discouraged. And part of the community of faith, uh, part of our responsibility for one another, is to provide comfort for those who are discouraged. 
How do you help people who are discouraged? You point them to something that is positive. That is the Lord. Help them turn toward the Lord, depend on the Lord, grow in the Lord. He says to help the weak. Many people need specific help, whether it's physical help, medical help, emotional help, monetary help. So there many are who need help. And the challenge is to provide that help and then be patient with everyone. Now, one of the problems with church people is they're people and, and people have people problems. It's easy to focus on the problems. And then so he provides us admonition, be patient with everyone. We all need a lot of patience with one another. Now, the people he's talking about here, many of them are, are hurting. The discouraged and the weak are hurting. But sometimes there's people who are actually hurting others in the church. In verse 15, he says, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Yeah, he's speaking here general principles of living together as the community of faith. Help people that need help. Admonish people that need admonishing. Be patient with one another. Cut each other a lot of slack and come together and provide some regard for those who are leading the church. Verse 16 and 17 and 18. These are just general admonitions for anybody at any time. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is speaking of attitudes, attitudes of faith in daily life. That is to rejoice always. What do we have to rejoice about? The fact that we are children of God and followers of Jesus Christ and have the Holy Spirit. Pray constantly. This is just live in an attitude of prayer. All day, every day, we should be living in the awareness that God is with us. And we should be communicating with God. That's prayer. Pray constantly. And give thanks in everything. So rejoicing and giving thanks. This is just being thankful for the fact that God is in our life. And he reminds us this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Verses 19 through 21. He's speaking about life with the Holy Spirit. Don't stifle the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. But test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Be careful to draw too many conclusions here. One of the problems in the church at Corinth, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, they went a little too far over the edge in some spiritual things where a whole lot going on that they're claiming is the Holy Spirit, but probably isn't. So one of the questions about the Thessalonians, did they go the other direction and are not open to the working of the Holy Spirit. And that's why he says, don't stifle the Spirit. He didn't specifically say what's going on here, so we don't know, but some people question, that: did, are they the, the polar opposite of the church in Corinth? So don't stifle the Spirit. That is, be open to works of the Holy Spirit. They were so dependent on the Holy Spirit, they don't have the Bible yet. They, they don't have experience yet. Their elders have only been Christians for a few months, and they don't have the resources that we have. They don't have the experiences that we have. They've got the Holy Spirit, so don't stifle the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Uh, the fact that he includes this, perhaps that's part of what was stifling the Holy Spirit, is they were putting a kibosh on people 
prophesying. Now, what is prophesying? It's speaking a word from God. The Holy Spirit has given people information to share, and they're sharing it via the Holy Spirit, and some people apparently are pushing back against that. But yet, be careful. Verse 21, he says, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. So it's a balancing act there. You don't say no to everything with the Holy Spirit, but you don't say yes to everything that people claim to be from the Holy Spirit. So this requires some balance and some, well, he says, to test it. How do you test all things? Well, for us, it's a lot easier than it was for them. We have the Bible, and we have a 2,000 years of church experience to, to lean on. So we got a lot more resources than they had. And, and for us, you know, how do we test all, all things? Well, our primary test is the Bible. Does this line up with the Word of God? But one of our negatives is because we do have all these resources, we do have all this history, we do have the Bible, sometimes we end up stifling the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit tries to do something new, we immediately push back on it because that may not be real familiar to us. And we uh, retreat to clinging to things like tradition. And often we are guilty of stifling the Holy Spirit. So these are good instructions for everybody at all times. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Be looking for the Holy Spirit to be acting. But yet be careful. Don't be gullible. Just because somebody says this is the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it is. There's a lot of counterfeit stuff running around that people are claiming is the Holy Spirit. So test it. Test it via the Word of God. Test it in prayer. Test it together. We have one another to uh, provide this this testing and cling to that which is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. So we don't know the specific issues in the Thessalonian church. Most of this addresses them coming together as the body of Christ. And it seems that may be their biggest problem. And that's why Paul's adding these admonitions to them. But all these admonitions are good for everyone at all times. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Thessalonians.